It does, it's, it's up, up to, to you, you, dude. We'll, we'll restart, restart, yeah. Okay. okay. Anyway, folks, sorry, sorry about that. that. Um, Welcome to episode two of the Sammy Hour. Hour. Uh, episode one was amazing. amazing. A lot, a lot of people, people tuned in. in. A lot, a lot of people, people loved it. it. Um, but, but now, for episode two, new guest, new theme, new topic. That theme is motivation, along with that topic. And the new guest is a man who doesn't need an introduction, but is still going to get one. He is a CrossFitter, CrossFit trainer, a traveling trainer, mental health coach, warrior. Jason Coons, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Sam? Uh, not much. So, folks, we, uh, you know, you always run into issues. We had a little bit of a tech issue with the first recording, but we're back. We're bringing you fresh content. And uh, we're ready for today's episode. How are you doing today, Jason? Good, dude. I'm excited to be here. Okay. So with, with that being said, uh, just like a quick kind of synopsis, like um, how did you get into the CrossFit world slash workout world? Um, at a younger age, I would say uh, – 23, 24, I was working on the wool rigs, and uh, my boss at the time, he came out to the rig, and he was talking crap, because I wasn't really in shape, I was a huge Taco Bell fan of the time. Me too, I get it every day after school sometimes. It was probably my favorite thing, I ate it probably two, three times a day. Oh lord. Hell yeah, it was a chunky one, dude. And he uh, yeah, yeah. told me told I was me fat, I was fat and, uh, and that I needed, I needed to, show to show up to the CrossFit gym, gym so he could show, show, show me how out of shape I was. He said that in a lot, a lot of worse words. words. And, uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. A man's world. Don't get me wrong. He was actually a very, very cool guy. Uh, he, he was doing it in a friendly manner. It was just the way we talked to each other. Yeah. But he definitely dug into my pride a little bit and I showed up. And... He was a he was thousand percent, percent right. I got, got brutally, brutally humbled, humbled into knowing that I was fat. I say fat. What I really mean is way out of shape, shape compared, compared to someone, someone that was, was actually in shape, shape or, or even a healthy human. human. <laughs> I was I was way out of shape compared. Well, how much did you weigh? I wasn't really super heavy. I think I was about two twenty-five. I'm only about five nine, five ten. Okay. But, um, but um, it, was it was just pure, pure body, body fat. Like, yeah. I did not have any muscle. There was just, <laughs> I didn't play any sports <laughs> in high school. I was a skateboarder that kind of uh, did bad things. And uh, <laughs> so the rigs kind of let me get a little bit of muscle, but I really didn't have that much muscle. And You weren't like you are now. No, my body fat percentage was probably very close to 30, 35%. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I would have never known that looking at you. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. Um, so uh, I started doing that for a couple years and uh, fell absolutely in love with the process of learning how to control my body and use it for the purpose it was actually meant for. And uh, the oil fields dropped and I ended up getting into a disagreement with uh, a guy on one of the rigs. And that kind of ended up leading to me wanting to just leave and chase something um, that, that I actually enjoyed enjoy doing. doing. I, liked I liked the rigs and taught me what hard work was and how to show up every single day and to bust your butt and you pass people up. Uh, mm-hmm. I started running a, <laughs> running a rig uh, at a very, very young age too. And most people are in their 30s, 40s doing that. And um, it showed me that hard work, you can pass people that think that they know. And 
it has nothing to do with age or anything, but you can get knowledge and you can pass people that you think are way better than you. And, um, when I left the rigs, I took that mentality and decided that I wanted to get in the best shape of my life. And I continued to pursue that every single day since I decided to make that, that decision. Um, there's always been ups and downs. There's always been ups and downs in that process. You grow. Yeah. And, uh, there was, there was a, a there's there just a lot of good, good moments in, in, in the, the growing process, process of being humble. I, I, I ended up basically losing all my possessions that were materialistic that I could afford working on the rigs, but found happiness in the process of I found out who I am. And the fact of leaving those materialistic objects behind and really chasing something that I absolutely thought that I was told by the universe to pursue to teach people how to improve their lives. And um, it's, it's, it's led, led to a lot, to a lot of very, very cool, cool, cool things, things of understanding, understanding a lot of stuff. stuff how, uh, I believe uh, that prescription, prescription pills, pills are normally just made up and people try to use them as a covering thing and doctors hand them out because then you're paying them monthly. And uh, right. whether that's depression pills or pain medicine, I think it's nonsense that... If you're getting, getting something, something monthly, monthly you don't need it. it. That's something that <laughs> you change you your change diet and really focus on. on. You can get, you can get rid, rid of every high blood pressure, high cholesterol, anything, anything that you, that you want, want to get rid of, you can get rid of that. that. Um, we try to we take try the easy take route. route. Doctors, Doctors try to pretend, pretend that there's only one way, and that is to take pills that they have learned to prolong your life, even though the progression of life has shortened in the last 10 years due to our diets it has a lot of different things yeah and it has nothing to do with our, our lives are getting longer because we can take blood pressure medication right right so um if you change your diet and allow your arteries and stuff to be lubricated so blood flows you don't clog your arteries and uh so it, it led me to understanding that I, I think pills are just plus they're, they're pretty much all placebo. They, they help to a certain extent, but you, you don't, it should be a short term thing. It shouldn't be a long term forever. I learned that scoliosis can be fixed by going to a chiropractor and learning how to use your body, which a lot of people get scoliosis and use that as an excuse. I learned that most people that have back problems or hip problems or knee problems are caused by flat feet, which is a made up concept that doctors want to tell you so that you could buy arches for your feet. But that if you walked around barefoot, that you would build the arch of your feet that would realign your ankles, that realign your knees, which realign your hips, which get rid of back pain, knee pain, hip pain and ankle pain. But doctors lie about that or, or the TV people try to lie about that. But Necessarily, your shoes are a cast on your feet 24-7, and what happens to your arm when you wear a cast on it after you break it? You lose all your muscle in that arm, and you got to rebuild it afterwards, and we never rebuild our foot muscle, and there's over 300 muscles in our feet that lead to alignment in our hips. So, Right. Um, so you quit the oil fields, and you pursued something that you wanted. You wanted something better for your life. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, I know you told me this earlier you were making – a good amount of money, right? You were solid middle class. But you just, you wanted something better. You don't want to be there. You don't want to work 16 hours or 18 hours a day. And you couldn't travel or do what you wanted to. Be social, do this, do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you never get to travel or you're always paranoid about losing your job because – on the rigs, you never know when oil's going to drop. Like we're in a pandemic literally right now and oil has dropped to the lowest it's ever dropped ever. 
and it was below <laughs> it was in the negatives like uh it was like you had to pay we had to pay other we, we had to pay for oil it was below one dollar a barrel and um when i was on the rigs it dropped down to twenty dollars a barrel and when i started on the rigs it was a hundred and twenty dollars a barrel so wow. <laughs> yeah so when i started on the rigs it was work 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 but you're racking a lot of money but there's no time off and uh they called you on your days off to see if you wanted to work and if you uh told them no you didn't want to work then they never called you again and you never got to work for extra money when you needed it so it was a very stressful place to be at um uh i, I definitely i don't i don't feel like i was meant to be told what to do what to do like that it, it didn't seem like a healthy way of living so you started this around what four or five years ago yeah five years ago okay now you've made a lot of progress in those five years uh, and this motivation it seems like it comes from you you want if someone wants something better they're gonna have to get out of bed and do and pursue that some way shape or form so if someone wants to be a marathon runner they're gonna have to get out of bed and run but they just can't start out running like 12 miles a day you gotta start slow like maybe one or two miles mm -hmm. would you agree yeah, I mean, if you start up 12 miles a day, you're going to do the first day, maybe half the second, you're going to be down for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> Your feet aren't going to be capable of taking that. Um, yeah, and uh, we were we were saying earlier, like, I, I think motivation is definitely, it's got to come from your soul. Like, you could sit there and listen to, uh, Joe Rogan's a big one for me. He can pump me up. David Goggins, absolutely huge. Oh, yeah, I, feel, yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm doing absolutely nothing in the midst of my hardest workout I've ever done, if I hear David Goggins in my head, I'm like, oh, I know David Goggins has run 680 miles the last two days, and he'd be over here laughing at me <laughs> while I'm crying. But like, uh, you can you can hear him in the back of your head or anything like that, and you can get kind of motivated. But say I'm gonna go on a 10 mile run, and uh, it's freezing outside, but I just woken up in my warm bed. It's 4 a.m. I get my nice warm coffee, drink my warm coffee, listen to David Goggins. He starts pumping me up. I get rampaged. I get rest, dressed. I put my shoes on and I open up the door and it's negative 32 degrees with it's snowing and blizzard outside and it's raining with the blizzard and it's devastating weather. You're going to shut that door and forget about what you heard David Goggins say and hope that the day warms up. So you know, that's how I relate to my first question. We're going to get into right here. How does one find motivation uh, when they've reached rock bottom or have nothing pushing them in the first place? I know that's a tough one. I know, but I feel like you have symbolized this and I kind of get to talk about. It. I like think no one was no one was saying. Jason, quit the oil ring. <laughs> no, no. Become a trainer uh, uh, and train kids or inspire people. Like no one was saying that. Like, where'd you find that from? Uh, it was. Uh, I don't. I, I saw. It's very goofy to talk about, but I saw a version of myself that I wanted to be, and I knew that mm -hmm. I didn't want to take anything but that version of myself. And I knew that I was definitely capable of reaching that version of who I wanted to be. And. Uh, I haven't reached that person yet. I think that person will never come. I, I thrive. I want to thrive to be the best until my last day, whether that's tomorrow or 180,000 years from now, whatever it is. Uh, 
I hope that they can continue to get better and more knowledgeable and smarter with, with anything like that, more motivated in myself. But I don't think anyone can give you a style of motivation. I think um, on the days where you don't, you don't want to do anything, you just, you, you have to go on autopilot and know that you had a vision in the first place. And, and rock bottom is probably the best place to learn the most. Um, I think, I think you can literally learn the most on, on the bottom, bottom, bottom depths of where you've ever been. And I think if you're really asking the questions of uh, what can I learn from this instead of why is this happening to me is a, is a huge change in your mental state of um, that's where growth happens is uh, instead of become, instead of blaming yourself and choosing to be the victim, you, you choose to be a better version of yourself by saying what caused this in the first place and how can I, how can I improve tomorrow so that this never happens again? Or, or how can I get myself out of this hole? And however I dug this hole is not the way to get out of this hole. So obviously tomorrow I need to make a change. And what does that change? And I think the realer you are with yourself, with what your problems are, like we always try to hide our problems and pretend that they're not real. And, and we try to pretend like, oh, I don't do that. And, and we know that's a lie. And I think the, the, the deeper you look at yourself in the mirror and know that, hey, you, this is a problem no matter how much you like it, no matter how much you want it to be there, no matter how much you love the person. Like I've, I've definitely been in love with people where that's led to outrageous problems and it was never really love in the first place. It was me looking for attention in somebody else when I should have been seeking a better version of myself, and um, which, which led me to realize that I didn't love myself on the depth of where I should love myself. And then that led to <laughs> that, that, that led to a lot of me asking the why question, like, what can I learn from this? And why, why did I lead myself to this problem? And, um, even little problems to the greatest problems there are. I've, uh, I've, I was a very crazy skateboarder kid that did drugs and drank often at a young age. And, uh, I was very beneficial to get out of that. Um, my mom was very helpful in, in those times <laughs> by being crazy and uh, never leaving me no matter how far I tried to run away. Um, so it, it definitely helps to have a support group, but uh, it comes from yourself. First. Yeah, yeah. A thousand percent. Uh, you, you'll always have so, someone's in your corner. So, someone's in your corner, whether it's your one follower on Instagram, someone's in your corner rooting for you. We always think, I think, we, we often think we're not enough just because we want to be greater. And we, we really, really know when we're not really pushing ourselves to our true potential. And I think that's where a lot of depression ends up coming from is never chasing your true potential and you really knowing that, but you never really wanting to face that reality. So you try to hide from that reality. And um, that's why we need um, a lot of us end up needing someone to tell us when to show up to a nine to five job and we just stay in that safe zone because we're too scared to pursue something that we're truly wanting in life instead of it, it's very safe to have nice insurance and an, and a, a safe place. Um, even though if there's no growth, like you can, you can go from a little, you're a worker to a manager, but where's the man? Like you, you go a little higher up and it's, it's over. Like I, like I feel like there's a lot more potential to the human, human, more potential to human beings period. And, and don't get me wrong. Obviously there needs to be workers and people are love. Some people do love that. And everyone is absolutely different. <laughs> and, uh, but a lot of people try to lie and tell themselves that they love that. And I, I think that that 
is where we lead to that disappointment and that and right. that that lack of drive in anything. Like, why even get up to work out? To, it's it just seems what well, like a why you, you have know to chase something greater than yourself. Like Matthew McConaughey, a man who's accomplished a lot, rich, well known, won an Oscar back in twenty thirteen, and he said in a speech it, when he was fifteen, someone said, "Matt, who's your hero?" And he said, "Me in ten years." And he said, someone came back to him when he was 25. And I said, Matt, are you your hero? And he said, no, not even close. At 35, someone says, Matt, are you your hero? He says, no. At 45, someone says, Matt, are you your hero? And he's done so many movies at this point. Rich, well-known, cool guy. He says, no. So that's how it relates back where you got to push for something greater that you want to be. My history teacher said this the best, and, he, and it's resonated with me. He said, greatness is never achieved. One has to keep pursuing it. That's how someone becomes better. That's how someone becomes more successful, accomplishes more, becomes an influence. That's how you can become your best self every day. And of course, you got to take baby steps. You can't just say, yo, I want to run uh, a, a marathon. You can't run 13 miles or 12 miles in the first day. No. You got to start little by little. Yeah. Two miles, three miles, then you get up to six. And before you know, you're running 10 a day. You know, it takes steps, but it starts with you. What do you want to be? Like, like, um, at the beginning of the school year, I was in these AP classes. And I said, I want to get an A in both these AP classes. It's going to be tough. And I said, I will work for this every day of the school year. Before you know it, it's May, great grades, close in two weeks. And I have, A's in both those classes. That took me a lot to work out, but it started from the get-go when I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be smart in these classes, but I'm going to be a student in these classes. And that's what that relates back to what you're talking about. It starts from you. You can have people saying, oh, you can do this. You can do this. And that helps. But if you truly don't know what you want to achieve and pursue, pursue, and they be and just, you don't know what you want to succeed at, you know, you're lost. You don't know what you're going to achieve or obtain. And I, I think you need to believe it. Like, I think when nobody believes it, <laughs> like I, I remember very vividly, um, no one really believing it. I had a very pivotal moment. I, I already lost my house. Yeah. I wasn't really much of a CrossFit trainer anymore. I was really doing more personal training stuff. Um, which is the majority of what I kind of do now, but it's still, it's like a mix of everything. I do functional fitness training for, for people. And, um, I remember being in, um, I had an RV cause I didn't have the house and like, it wasn't no fancy RV. It was like a 1979. Yeah. Yeah. That was my only vehicle of the time. <laughs> it was a, uh, what? 20, <laughs> 20, uh, it was like a 25, 26 foot 1978 Dodge uh rv and uh i had zero money at the time i was making 20 dollars an hour but maybe working like three hours a day (laughs) yeah that was uh that was uh at logan's gym and uh (laughs) and um i remember seeing you had a man bun (laughs) yeah yeah i'm I'm waiting for the man bun to come back i remember you i was like who is this guy what's he doing here yeah and uh dude it was um I was driving, the RV broke down. I think I had like $20, $30 to my name. Uh, 
I remember bawling like a. This is only maybe two years ago. Oh my lord! Setting in the RV, bawling, like oh god, you got to give this up, dude. Like you cannot. You can no longer like you're not gonna be able to eat in a, like tomorrow. Like you got twenty dollars, dude. It was pretty much I was homeless with a a movable tent, pretty much, <laughs> right? I like I had to park it at Walmart just to sleep somewhere, and uh, like I. I remember thinking like you either give this up or try harder tomorrow. Right. And, uh, after my little episode of war, finding out that crying is an emotion that is outrageously important. And I needed that breakdown really bad because I hit a lot of emotions for a lot of my life. Crying was definitely one that I hid from and chose anger over that. Um, crying probably about an hour, hour and a half called my friend Nikita. He showed up, helped me get the RV out of the road, helped me pay to get the RV fixed. And uh, I tried harder the next day. And uh, a couple of, uh, about a year later, Logan, which was a person that was paying me $20 an hour, but I was barely working. And um, it was under the table. And uh, he helped me. We moved to another gym because Logan was going to sell his gym because he got a new sales rep job. So, like, I thought, okay, well, Logan's just going to – Logan's just going to – give me maybe a higher pay raise and I get to work some more hours. So he moved me to another, another gym, um, elite fitness center where I'm at now, uh, elite fitness center where I'm at now. And, uh, well, they're not CrossFit. They're we're personal, personal training. Right. We do, we do do group classes, a lot of TRX classes, um, very dope place, um, functional fitness, um, for sure all around. Um, and uh, once I was there, we're probably about a month in. Logan paid the first and second month rent. And Logan decided to tell me to come meet him at Starbucks, which is where I thought I was going to get a percent increase or something. And uh, Logan told me that uh, because of the time he saw me go through through that, that I deserved the clients. Gave me all the clients, which my money probably tripled in that day. Wow. Cried and <laughs> cries and cried inside Starbucks, um, and uh, kind of where we're at now is uh, I I now coach classes at that at the gym. Obviously not right now because the pandemic, but I coach classes at that. I have multiple new clients. I'm uh, I've actually built <laughs> building a off grid van right now. Me and my girlfriend, and we're looking into property up in Glenville where we'll build a off-grid style living. And I'll come down for a couple of weeks and do my – I mean a couple of days and coach my clients in my van. And I'll just camp out in my van and then drive up to my land on the weekends. And I'm going to turn it into like a, like a small town for like friends and family to come up and really, really be something – where I make a community for a, a very loving, loving place instead of uh, like, like we have neighbors and stuff, but a lot of us don't even know our neighbors and stuff. You know, like I really want my community to be, no, no one's going to live up there besides me and my girl. But uh, like, I want people to come up if they want to spend a week. I got little tiny shed houses and like, I want it to look cool and be different and hippie style. Cause, that, cause that's me. And uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, Logan uh, taught me a lot about business stuff—the good and the bad. <laughs> would have never happened if, if you if your van didn't break down and you said, "No, what? I want better for myself. I'm not going to stop here on the side of the road. I'm just going to exactly. right here, and I'm just going to see if I can live with someone else. I'm yeah. going to do 
what I want to do, the version of myself I want. I'm going to be motivated, and I'm going to get that motivation because I want something better for myself. Yeah, and work hard at that, and that's how you got triple the clients. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was cool. Uh, Logan was very, very cool about it. He said, uh, watching me show up every day through that. Like, I mean, it wasn't just that. I mean, there was multiple different hard times that uh, we walked, me, me and Logan walked through together. It was very, very cool because it wasn't like I had a boss or anything like that. It was my very first, like I was independent and he was just paying me and we were more friends than it was. He's my boss. And it, it was uh, it, it was cool the way that um, it did end up me going through dramatic, terrible times and showing up with a smile on my face and coaching the people that I loved the coach in the first place anyways. To see that, and uh, I'm definitely not homeless living in an RV, and it's not broken down. And shout out to Nikita. I love Nikita to death for that. Um, he doesn't even know what that what, what what that night meant to me. So, right. Well, that was very that was a really good message. Now, hopefully, you faithful podcasters who are listening to this, that you have gone to 25 minutes now. It's been great so far. With that being said, we're gonna start winding down soon, but we're going to get to, we're still going to get to important stuff. Um, this is going to be a very good question. And I'm going to build off this question because without this, um, what we're going to delve into in this question, I wouldn't be here doing a podcast with you right now. So this one really hits home with me. And, um, yeah. So with that being said, does being motivated physically help one to be motivated mentally and with accomplishing their goals. They, they go hand in hand, dude. I Fitness has done nothing but improved every aspect of <clears throat> everything for me. Um, definitely mentally. I, uh, I still, like, like I talked about earlier is anger is a, uh, an emotion that I'm still learning to understand. Well, you're still growing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I'm nowhere, nowhere near the angered young child I, I was, <laughs> and uh, so with, without fitness or without fitness at all, I, I think I would still, I would, I would just be an outraged, mad person. And I, and I think it's really led me to understanding that slowing down and being present in the moment is important because uh, everyone thinks of fitness of like let's do curls and like I turn it into competition with myself, but never ever doing the same event. <laughs> and it, it just, it starts turning into fun. And I get into this flow state where I'm no longer doing like, like curls. Like I, I still do like curls in the gym and, but my, my, my jam's more high intensity, heavyweight, fast. How many rounds can you get? Obviously I'm, get yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm obviously intelligent with I blew my knee out, so I obviously know that injury comes with not being intelligent with your body. So I'm obviously cautious with what I'm doing or <laughs> anything like that. But that's I, I want to get in. I want my heart rate to be extremely high, and I want to barely be able to breathe and try to keep my throw up down. I know I, that sounds outrageously horrible. But I've seen you do it. Yeah, and I, I think the moment the moment I finish that. I know I put a hundred percent effort and that was the best I had at that moment. And, and that part gets inside my head and my head's like, how many more things can I do a hundred percent today? 
you know? Yep. And, uh, that is exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, that, it, you hit home. That's exactly <laughs> cool, why. Dude. I don't even think you could answer that even better. Yeah, folks, what he's saying is, you know, he does like five high intensity rounds where he's sweating, he's gassed, but he's done with those five rounds. And he's like, wait, can I keep, can I go further? Let's do 10. Let me run two miles after this. And so he's pushing himself mentally. And I really feel like when you push yourself physically, it helps you mentally. I'll give you an example, Jason, and to all the people listening. I, uh, I was really bummed when this whole pandemic hit, mainly because swimming was canceled. I was doing a lot of swim, getting my times down. And I said, well, how am I going to keep my cardio fitness up? I worked hard for like two, three months, but now it's over. I can't swim in the pool. I can't compete. I get myself out of this sad state. And I say, you know what? You're going to run around the block. You're going to run a mile and a half, maybe two miles. You're going to do it. I don't care if you don't like running. If you're a swimmer, instead of running, you're going to do it. I start running. And about halfway into it, um, I'm tired. But I'm like, you know what? You're going to keep going. You have, a, you have a mile left in you. You're going to keep going. And then I started thinking, how can I become better or try new things that I haven't tried before? But right? I'm doing running. That's a new thing. I want to become better at this. So I was pushing myself physically. But I said to myself, how can I do more things. So I was also pushing myself mentally to say, what else can I do? Exactly. Can I go? And then uh, I thought about that. And then fast forward a couple of days or a couple of weeks later, I think it was, um, I'm running again and I'm tired again. I said, keep going, keep going. And then I get an ad on my phone because I don't want Spotify premium. So I get like 20 ads. It's <laughs> annoying. And it says to me about Anchor. And I said, what's Anchor? And it's kind of funny because a couple of days before that, um, full circumstance, I was thinking about, I was talking to my mom about, yo, mom, I want to start a podcast. I think it'd be fun. We're on a bike ride, right? And this was coming, and at this time I was running more, I was biking more, so I was pushing myself physically, which was also helping me push myself mentally and expanding my uh, thoughts in terms of what do I want to do more that's new and that I haven't done before. So with that being said, I was running, I get the um, ad from Anchor, and I say, wow, I'm just talking about this. I screenshot the ad, and the next three or four days later, I download the app, I set up the podcast, and I'm here now. So I pushed myself to run four or five days a week, right? And I said, what can I do more? And then I started thinking, yo, I want to do a podcast. So while I was pushing myself physically, trying something new, I was also pushing myself mentally to think what other new things I could trust. And that's why I got to podcasting. <laughs> Which is cool, dude. The yes. the government secretly listening on your phone to your mom and yours conversation led to, to you starting a podcast. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just joking, dude. I'm just joking. Yeah, dude. Uh, no, that's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's weird how uh it's weird how things will just land at your footstep, but to be ready to like, I, I think everything's the yin and the yang. There's always something always tries to stop you. But I think that's where, like I always say, yeah, that's the growth part. And I think we always, we always think that 
it's the end, right? Um, over. Be- now? Beginnings always hide themselves as ends. That's a Mike Posner line. Uh, and, it, and it makes sense because we always think, well, let's say a relationship, a relationship ends. You're like, oh, but I've planned this whole future, right? But in reality, you're going to move on. You're going to be totally fine. You're going to find someone that's actually you, you meant to be your soulmate. And, um, but in the midst of them dumping you right then, you think it's the end, right? <laughs> right. But it's actually the beginning of freedom for you. Right. Every end, I've heard this quote before and it resonated with me. Um, every end is a new beginning. Definitely. New. So, um, my best friend moved away back in July and that was like the end of like a friendship, right? With him being here, living in Big Yeah. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to navigate through this? Cause I was just sad. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to try water polo just cause I've been thinking about trying water polo. And it's kind of weird. Cause like trying water polo as a junior, you're an upperclassman trying a sport for the first time. Right. But no. And this is kind of like what the whole podcast has been about. I got myself to jump in the water first day, first day of practice, July, like, no, August 8th or whatever it was. I jumped in the water at the Big Show Rank Club. I know to tread, but I learned how to tread. And I slowly became better at water polo, and the coach started using me. And then he started relying on me more. I started scoring goals, getting assists, just enjoying the game. So, with that being said, like, it was tough in July and August because my best friend just moved away. That was the end of him living here and us enjoying our time here. But it was also the beginning for me to try something new and want to be something better, or like be a better water sports player. Yeah. And that's what happened. And that's kind of like how it relates back to running and swim being canceled. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, definitely. Definitely awesome. And I think uh... – Something something I always like to throw in is <clears throat> details matter. I think a lot of people miss details. Like, like you're talking about like work ethic? Uh, in anything. Like we we want to, we're like, we're going to run five miles and you run 4.75 and you call it good, yeah. right? You miss the detail mm-hmm. of that 0.25. And, and, and so therefore – what you thought was your hundred percent, which really wasn't, you could have definitely ran further than that five miles. We know you could have both of us, you and you, you and your conscious <laughs> know that you could have ran more, but you still cut that, that short, that 0.25 miles was very important. And you would have grown a lot more than you would have toughened that pain out, maybe made it to that fifth mile and then realized that you could have ran two more miles because that pain that was in your ankle at that 4.75 mile mark has disappeared and you got a new wind and you feel way better. And I, and I think, um, I think we, we all do that with a lot of things in our lives, period. Like, uh, we, we get to a certain point and we're like, ah, oh, that's good enough. And I, and I think that's, that, that is, that is, uh, being mediocre. And, and I don't think that's you chasing your fullest potential. I think, uh, I think if you got homework and you've worked all day and then you got college work or anything like that and you're like, oh, I'll just do it in the morning. I think that's a, a style of um, not chasing your fullest potential when you know you should stay up late and knock out that homework. So when you wake up, you could actually study and pre- prepare for the test that's actually the next day right before the test instead of doing the work you were already supposed to do. And then not being able to prepare for the test and then you failing the test and then you not passing your t- 
class. I I think it's very avoidable by saying, shut up. I'm not really tired. That's bull crap. And uh, doing, doing the detailed work that really does matter. That will make you shine when someone else, if someone else missed those details and you did those details, they will 280 details look beautiful compared to somebody that has one detail done, you know, <laughs> in, in any aspect, like, a, your best exactly. Like the person that deep cleaned all the lug nuts on the car compared to the person that didn't even clean the rims, which car looks better, you know, like Ooh, it sticks way out. Yeah. It sticks way out. And you know, who really wants something or really is chasing something, the more they spend time on the detailed work. Yeah. That really hit home. I really like that message. So it, it really all comes down to what you want in this life and how you, it, what you want in this life. But you have to be motivated. So I can say to myself, like, I want to be really fit this summer, but if I don't work out this summer, psh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I work out. Exactly. But also I believe we have to know, we have to believe in something greater than ourselves. Like we have to know God's plan for us. Like we were, created um, in such a complex and special way where he already had our life set up before us. So we have to know that God is watching us and we can't fear if we're going to fail. Like for instance, like I, could, I, I had a lot of fear and doubts with going in the water polo saying, dude, what if I'm not good? What if I'm a joke and I'm a junior? Dude, I'm not oh, dude, I don't want to be a joke as a junior. I'm going to go class when I'm supposed to be an influence. But I, I look back on one of my favorite verses, Jason. This is it. Went to everyone listening. Second Timothy one seven. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound mind. And that's really what I that verse is what I look back on. Is look, I'm gonna try something new, and that's anything like I can't fear. Because God's blessed me with these abilities, we all different abilities, and we have to believe in that. Definitely, dude. And I fear is a made up concept of a non-realistic reality that you're making up. So it's not really the plan. Like the fear in your head is not the plan that was laid out and designed. You're, you're scared of something that you're making up. Like it's a non-realistic, like you're like, Oh, I can jump over this curb. But if I jumped over the curb, I might hit the curb, fall over, hit my head, die from bleeding out in the middle of the street. And you're like, in reality, you're like, Dude, the curb is four inches tall. Like you can definitely jump on the curb, right? Like okay, Jason, <laughs> that's another good yeah. Uh, so uh, fear, fear is definitely made up, dude. I don't. Uh, obviously, there's logical thinking with fear, and I, I don't think that jumping into a pool full of alligators is an intelligent choice. But if, if, if that was the plan, and uh, you felt like that was the plan, and you did it, and you got out without being touched. I mean, anything is possible too. Like I, 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 I think a, a lot of people, I don't have kids, um, but uh, I think a lot of people try to tell their kids at a young age, they can do anything. And then they get to a certain age and they tell them, don't do that. That's, that's not the safe route. You need to get to your nine to five job and be very safe, which it's a very intelligent route and good way to start. But I think that there's a better way to find your full potential and you could be the boss of that potential. And you can like, if you, well, I'll go into the, We'll use the office as a reference. Like if you want, if, if you want, if you want to start a paper company, you go work at a paper company and start your own paper company. You didn't need somebody. You, you, I know you get the joke, but uh, 
like um, once you learn the details, you don't need someone to tell you, hey, you better show up at 7 a.m. and you better work till 3. And if you don't like it, I'll keep you here till 6. And you're only going to be able to stand up two times a day so that you can eat like this when, when in reality your potential is greater than that person that's actually pointing their finger down on you. And, and you, can, you can pass that person and that person the, – the boss of any corporation of anything that you fear to talk to right now you could pass that person and be their boss next year. So four months of dedicated hard work is a lot can do a lot compared to the person that's will go since we'll go young, young people giving up their weekends to drink. Like if you cut that crap out and really dedicate, dedicate those weekends to work and you becoming your own boss and being chasing your truest potential in four to six months, you'll outgrew further than you thought you would in five years. And you'd be in a better position and drinking wouldn't even sound like a fun route anymore. You'd be like, yes, forget you start having fun in life. Um, and I'm not against drinking. I quit, I quit drinking, uh, for about three years. And then, um, I'll have a beer every now and then I like, I like having a drink. I am 20, <laughs> 28. Um, for everyone that doesn't know, I know Sam's a little younger than me. Um, but, but if you, I, I gave that up for three years and it was probably one of the most beneficial parts of my life is giving that up. Um, just because it was such a setback that I was stuck in that I didn't even realize. And, uh, it's, it's a drug. I mean, we try to pretend that it's not a drug. More people are addicted to alcohol than people are addicted to heroin. We have more deaths from alcohol than people are addicted to heroin. We give out heroin, a.k.a. opiate pills, like they're candy, too. So uh, I'm counting those in the statistic numbers. Uh, pain pills or anything like that is an opiate, which is no different than heroin. It's identically the same. One's just given to you from a doctor at a lower dose. Um, alcohol is a drug and it was definitely a drug for me. That was a very negative downpouring, outrageous drug that destroyed huge parts of my life. And when I gave it up was very beneficial for the fact that I grew through the roof. And, um, I was against drinking a lot of that time. I was a very stubborn, uh, strongly religious and my ways were the only ways. And then I really (laughs) learned to calm down and realize that my way was never anyone's way ever. (laughs) Like I never had a choice of any way. And, uh, and, um, so it kind of opened up that you could have a drink now and just realize that that is something that could destroy your life. Just like heroin, like, um, or, or any drug. I mean, any drug can be caffeine. anything, uh, anything can, you, yeah, you can be addicted to caffeine where you need eight monster energy drinks a day, right? You're like, uh, or, or, or you need three a day and that doesn't seem so crazy, right? But then, but then you're 32 years old and you've had those monsters and then you have a heart attack and died because of those monsters, those monsters killed you. Right. Like so your message is know what's healthy, know what's not healthy. So you can pursue what you really want, right? You want to be the healthiest person you could. You wanted to be one of the best CrossFitters slash instructors. So you had to do cut things out that weren't healthy to you. And that's anything in life, what? like even friends. Oh yeah, I cut out friends. Um, unfortunately, me and my dad did not get along for multiple years. We are slowly working on our relationship now, which uh, sometimes <laughs> sometimes it could be rough still, but it's definitely better than it was a couple of years ago. Um. Yeah, dude. Uh, like you, you can continue, continue to, to work on pretty much any aspect of that, of that style. Um, 
uh, people are not going to be there. They're always going to, uh, even the people that you think that <laughs> are going to be in your corner rooting the hardest sometimes tell you to quit. <laughs> it starts with you. Yeah. It's the a, bottom line of this whole podcast. It starts with you and what you want to be and what you want to accomplish and, and where you picture yourself in the future. Yeah. You and work hard. You got to be motivated. That's true motivation. And I, what you want and work number you one thing. Yeah. Number one thing is details matter. That's a number I think is so important to me. Uh, I say it probably like 18 times a day. <laughs> the details matter. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, I th- always trying to take two steps forward. In that case, you you could take one step back, and then it's it's still one step forward. You know, and devastation times are the the best times to grow and learn i recently just lost a friend to a motorcycle accident which (laughs) is leading to me selling my motorcycle which is a good thing um but i I blocked out a lot of memories with him because there's a lot of drug abuse and a lot of alcohol abuse with him and and uh, me and him actually got matching tattoos on our feet at at drunk at the bar at the beach when we were this was this was at a younger age and then uh, he actually did a tattoo on my arm and um like, like I try to block a lot of that stuff out because of it was a person that I didn't no longer, I no longer was or wanted to be, but he actually turned his whole life around and uh, like way later in life compared to me, he turned his life around and I lost him recently to that. And uh, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. And uh, he got better and uh, it just helped me reattach some old memories, some old, uh, it's goofy. Like as I get older, I, you realize that you do block a lot of tra- a lot of your trauma times out, and a lot of my trauma time were probably from the age from I would say sixteen about twenty four, twenty five. I was very, very crazy. Like I would, I would just I didn't know how to control a lot. Had no regards to that. Yeah, and it. I mean, even that being so devastation of losing, I mean, he was a loved one. He, I have a matching tattoo, a tattoo by him. He was my brother for year. He was a best friend for multiple years with that devastation led to great memories that I've get, I've actually been soaking up through the roof lately. And, um, they're actually memories I completely forgot about until, um, I was talking to my girlfriend just because obviously a lot I've been grieving about his death just because dang I didn't go say hi I mean a million things run through your mind but life goes on you can't go see everyone all the time and uh, through that devastation it even leads to to tons of positive thoughts for me about fun fun times him and I had great memories uh, the growth that he led me to learn the truths I wanted to learn about myself and things that I didn't want to be. Um, he, he led me to a lot of that stuff. So through the through the death of that, obviously you're sad to you lose a friend, but th- there's been nothing but a lot of positive thoughts fr- from uh, obviously something that should be devastating to m- to most. I mean, we're, but death is inevitable on this on Earth. I, I I don't think your consciousness doesn't end here. Um, your consciousness continues, but um, death is inevitable in human form. So you'll say bye to people you love and. It was very, I wouldn't say cool that I lost him, but cool to relive a lot of very, probably some of the best memories of my life and uh, that I got to block out through, through the devastation of something that should have been nothing but a sad moment. Right. So that's amazing to hear, Jason. And you, we're all going to go through sad things in this life. Like, 
my best friends moved away, one of your best friends unfortunately was dying. But we gotta keep pushing, we gotta keep moving. Definitely focus on the good when we wanna become better, when we wanna become when we, when we want to have that body that we want, when we want to get that six pack, when we want to have big biceps, when we want to get an A in the class, when we want to get in that college that we want to go to. Exactly. When we want to be that husband or wife that we want to, when we want to be that good parent towards our kids that we've always wanted to. It starts with you. You got to work hard. You got to know what you want and you got to push yourself to do that. It's not going to happen in two days, two weeks, two months, or maybe even two years. You got to keep going. You gotta know that, you gotta be patient. And that's just the main message slash takeaway I want people to know about this podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, baby steps lead to. Baby steps, yeah. Yeah, baby steps all the way and leads to a lot of growth. Uh, little by little, little becomes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you try to take a lot at once, you always give up early. Little by little, little ends up becoming a lot and that ends up staying. And it doesn't fall backwards. Um, the process is day by day, not get as far as I can in a week and then give up. And you're never as tired as you're telling yourself. That's a lie. Just keep pushing because we're all capable of working hard and accomplishing our goals, accomplishing our dreams. You got to work at it every day though. Um, as we're closing down, any last message to people listening? Hopefully they've gone this far. I know it's almost 15 minutes, but hey, it's been an amazing podcast. Yeah, it's been fun, with, dude. Yeah, I'm happy you're on. Second guest, Jason Coons. Um, but with that being said, is there any last uh, message you want to relay to people listening and people still listening? I think the biggest thing is to not... I th- like I've told you on the phone is that you take criticisms from people, especially people you love your, your parents always take criticism from them. Uh, obviously people have different styles. parents, some parents suck and some parents are awesome. Um, um, I think that if you want something and your parents told you that you can be whatever you want to be, I think you need to believe that regardless of how old you are. I don't think that's a bullshit bull crap thing. I think that, um, I think that's a real thing. Anything you want in life is absolutely possible if you if you really go and chase that and i think that even if it um is your parents or your brother your sister anyone that's super close to you to telling you you can't do that you're never going to do that um you're fat and out of shape you won't ever be a personal trainer you won't you won't ever be that and if you put in the work and uh you can a thousand percent prove them wrong and you can keep proving them wrong and then one day they're going to pretend that they've been on your side since the beginning and you're going to smile and know that um you're going to continue to get better because your focus won't even be on them you you'll continue to prove to yourself that you were right and that uh that um you're capable of anything and no one is better than you at all nobody has more capabilities no one no one no, no one is better than anybody in any aspect of anything. Like if you want, if you want to be the best at anything, it is uh, absolutely possible. Um, I think uh, we just lie to ourselves and tell us that w- we can't get to a certain point because we don't want to put in the work or aren't focusing on yet again, the details. Um, so I think you should chase anything you want to chase. If you want to do it, do it. Exactly. No excuses, man. Just work. Like the, um, Founder of KFC, I, I, 
I don't want to coin this. I don't know if his like real name is Colonel Sanders. I want to say it's Colonel. I'm, Sanders, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, like he wanted to have a chicken restaurant, but he kept failing and failing and failing. Then he got to his late sixties, finally got the uh, finally became successful. His chicken place, um, but he didn't become a millionaire until or billionaire. Or, he was a millionaire until the 70s or 80s. Yeah. With that being said, like, he kept working and already knew what he wanted. He wanted to have a chicken store or a restaurant. And he kept working and working. And he finally became successful. Now KFC, that's what it's known as, is a household name, uh, chicken restaurant. I know. It's, so that's it's, just, you got to know that you got to work hard and it's not going to be easy. And, and I think you should logically think out your risks. Um, I think that was a mistake that I made. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a bit of a risk taker. Um, yeah. um, just think of the risks. And when you think of those risks, just know that anything that you face and the risks that you're making up in your head is probably going to be 10 times worse than that <laughs> because mine always were. And, uh, I think you should prepare for 10 times worse than your worst thought of the pursuit of whatever you're chasing because uh, that will happen. The universe will slap you in the face over and over and keep over. Oh yeah. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And as long as you keep moving forward, it starts to turn into a very, very cool thing. I think um, now I'm starting to like actually business more than I, than I did. I do uh, personal training. I love personal training, but I'm very much starting uh, the business side of things is a new thing for me. So like for me to learn the business side is starting to turn into a game of chess and I'm starting to win the game of chess. And it's, it's just, um, I think, I think you should also enjoy the process. Like, uh, I've, uh, I've, like I said, cried on the side of the road in an RV broken down not, <laughs> not knowing what I'm going to eat. And, um, and then that was only about two years ago. And now I'm probably in, enjoying life to the best I've ever enjoyed it ever. Yeah. You look happy. Yeah, It's a very, very cool time doing in, in, in the midst of a pandemic, why everybody is uh, going through what I probably went through a couple years ago of losing everything. And, and I'm so at peace with already going through that, that I'm not really stressed on it. Like obviously money's not coming in like it was, but when you ain't got, <laughs> when you ain't got nothing like you used to, uh, bills aren't as stressful as they once were. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, wow. That's amazing. And you never stop. Is that what you, could you agree? Oh, a thousand percent. You can get better every single day, even with your worst setback. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could, you could break both your legs tomorrow and be running better in two years than you were yesterday. So, yeah, uh, I think I think that's about all the analogies I got. You've had some great analogies. They've made sense. Um, with that being said, amazing messages, amazing analogies to learn from, life stories to hear from. Um, just you gotta keep working. You gotta keep pushing, and that's the best. That's like the main takeaway from this is get your motivation from what you want to be. You know what I mean? You want to be um, strong, you want to be in good shape, you want to be a pro basketball player, do it. That's where your motivation comes from, your goals and what you want to be. Work hard, but learn how to live life too. Um, with that being said, uh, that's episode two of the Sammy Hour. Jason Coons, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, dude. Oh. 
my pleasure. Um, episode three, probably coming out uh, Friday. It's going to be about one or two episodes a week. Thank you all. God bless. Pursue your goals. And never stop working. Uh, thank you.